Welcome to Rock is Reality. Get ready for unfiltered and unapologetic culture, entertainment, relationships, and a little bit of politics on Motor City Woman Radio. Follow Rock is Reality on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. In the meantime, let's go. Happy, happy, happy Black Music Month. We are wrapping it up. Welcome to Rocky's Reality. I am, this is one of those shows, y'all. Um, by the way, congrats. Let me, like Snoop Dogg says, let me pat myself on the back because this is the 100th episode of Rocky's Reality. And I'm going to be honest, I did not even plan it this way. I didn't plan the 100th this for this to be the 100th show, but God knew. Um, what needed to happen. And so I'm so grateful to welcome a guest who pretty much epitomizes black music. Um, been doing it for 30 years plus. Singer, songwriter, extraordinaire. Has worked with, my thing is, um, y'all know him mostly for SWV, but it's, my thing is who hasn't he's worked with? Because the list is voluminous. And as my boy um, Marv Neal said, his pen game is is strong. It's mean. So welcome to the show. I'm not even going to, y'all know how I do. I'm not even going to read this whole uh, bio because we, we need to get to the nitty gritty. We only got an hour. We only got an hour. So we got to get to it. So welcome to Mr. Brian Alexander Morgan. Hey, hey. thank you. Welcome, thank, welcome, you thank, Brian. thank you. Thank you for the invite. Listen, thank you for accepting. Okay. Because I am still out here on my grind. Uh, I'm a superstar, but people don't know it yet. It's, 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 it's coming. Like, seriously, you know, you believe, you know. I'm like, I, it. it's like, I know when I grow up, I'm going to be. So I love listen, it, right? I, love I, it. I really appreciate your humility. And that's probably because you're from Kansas, you know. I mean, that Midwest, baby. You that, Midwest, that Midwest intellect. It's, it's, it's just something about us. And I kind of, when you call, and see, this is how I knew you were a real one. So I hopped in. Um, y'all know I always got to tell the story. I, I, I hopped in. Hey, baby. Thank you. That's my daughter, Sydney. Talking about little pretty mommy. Um, hey, Sydney. Yes, my baby is, she is about to be 20, but that's another story. Um, I hopped in Brian's inbox on Instagram um, once I figured out, because I had saw the SWV, You're Always on My Mind video. And I was like, who is the guy at the, all these years, I've been wanting to know who that guy is at the damn piano. And so I Googled it. And then it said, Brian Alexander, Alexander Margaret. I said, oh shit, he done did. I said, oh, I've got to get him on the show, Jesus. I said, make it happen. So, and, and, and this is what I do in my mind. I have a conversation with God, like, listen, God. I'm not mad. You, you know, you know how I am. You know my intentions, right? And yeah. so I hopped in the inbox and it took a couple of weeks for him to reply, but he did. And I emailed him my whole little spiel because I want people to know, like, I'm legit. I'm not on no bullshit. This is like real. I'm not just some little fancy free Instagrammer out here. Yeah. I'm a real, you know, I'm a real music aficionado. My mama had a hi-fi stereo baby. Okay, so I, I know it's my music. And so, you continue right, you write the billboard and stuff. Yes, 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 yes. Right. As a matter of fact, the top 50 greatest um rap groups of all time, that the final 10 is out, y'all. So I was able to do four blurbs, um, the locks, oh. Cypress Hill, um, Boogie Down Productions and Salt and Pepper. So I'm just honored to be a part of that. So uh, that's why I call myself a multimedia storyteller. But when I emailed Brian, y'all, homeboy called me. So I'm looking, you know how you see a phone number? And I'm like, I don't know nobody in Sacramento. In, yeah, I don't know nobody in Sacramento. Like, shit, I know I don't know oh, nobody, no money out there. <laughs> so I, I answered the phone and Brian's like, what up? I'm like, hey, listen. So um, <laughs> he was like, I just want to make sure that this was you. Do, 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 do. I was like, listen, come on, Brian, let's go. So um, thank you, Brian. You are welcome. Comment. Um, a lot of people might just know you as SWV, but we're going to get into what else you've done as well, because you pretty much are someone, um, you are an unsung hero. And I want to give you your flowers. I believe in giving people their flowers, why they can smell them. Hats off to you. Kudos to you. Um, you could have been bougie as hell and said, nah, this ain't no big platform, but I appreciate you for gracing my platform with your knowledge. So let's get into it. Let's have a good time. <laughs> so um, a lot of people may or may not know, I'm not going to go through the whole history, 
but uh, Brian's been in the game since the 80s, pretty much. Uh, mm -hmm. Connected with Club Nouveau. If y'all don't know who that is, Google it. Mm -hmm. uh, Martha Wash. Mm -hmm. Of you know um, the uh, Weather Girls from back in the day, y'all. He worked on some of her solo um, work, which led you to work with SWV, right? But tell me a little bit, Brian, how you got to where you are now. Give give us a, give us a quick little snapshot. Wow. Okay. But you leaving Kansas because that's right. so funny. Like Dorothy, we not this this ain't home, Toto. <laughs> you know what? It's funny. Let's. I, I like to. I want to. I think that if I hadn't been such a musical person in the first place, like so fascinated with records and forty fives and album covers and people's record players, my mom and my my mom's friends when I used to, when she she used to take me anywhere, like to her friends' houses, they would hide their records. And shut up the record player because I'm coming straight to the records, period. Like, and that's when I was like five, six. And I remember just being fascinated with the idea that all these sounds could come from a little plastic disc, right? Hmm. And so what I used to do was associate feelings and emotions with those labels. So when I saw that Motown label, I knew that meant the Jackson 5 and how that made me feel. Mm -hmm. And when I saw that purple Gordy, it could be the Temptations and just my imagination. And I knew that how that made me feel. And then when I saw that red and black Atlantic, Loretta, yes. it was an older thing. And that made me feel another way. So I was just associating all these emotions with those label designs. And um, and maybe now I probably romanticize it, but I really miss that part of what made yeah. me be so fascinated with music in the first place, uh, because everything being on playlist and being you know swiping and wiping and shit is right. like yeah. you know it's like yeah it takes the fascination it takes the it takes I miss the some of the music yeah. yeah. and we used to like to read album covers and and, and credit listen see this is how I know you my opposite he a Libra y'all by the way. Me and Brian was talking. I'm an Aries. I was just about to say, ain't nothing like sitting on your mama flow with and them four pillows and reading that damn them liner notes. Liner Maybe notes. That Who was did me. what? Where did you record it? Who Listen. mixed it? And when I would make a mistake and put the record back in without the white cover, my mama would be so mad at me because she's like, you got to scratch up my record. No scratch up the vinyl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This. For those under 30, you don't. Yeah. But it, when you're in the Midwest like I was and we're in that all that that Hollywood world and New York studios and all that stuff seems like a million miles away. The closest thing that we had to getting into that world was those credits. So yep. I felt like I was already in those rooms because I knew what Westlake was when I saw it on the Jacksons. Mm -hmm. I knew what uh, Sigma Sigma Sounds in Philly was when I read it in the credits on all the you know Jones Girls or or Teddy Pendergrass or all the you know the the, the huge Philly international you know artists. So I just associated my I could just see myself doing it because mm -hmm. I was already so invested emotionally in it, right? So it wasn't a stretch for me to see myself doing it. So I guess I think I probably started really early, Rock, rock like trying to get out of Kansas. So I knew that, hey, I had a plan. I was like, I want, I know I'm not going to college, so I know I want to graduate high school early to get out, to be able to start this career. So I went to summer school in the ninth grade. Well, so your parents was good with you not going to college? They was like, you ain't got to well, go. My mom didn't have a choice. I was so obsessed because it, it was, there's like no, there was no even discussion. Like, no discussion. Uh, and then, plus, I think because she saw that I was so driven. Right, right. I was your passion. Yeah. Right, and then I actually had talent. Yeah. It cut me yeah. off the streets, number one. She didn't have to, yeah. to corral me and wonder where I was. I was trying right. to do something somewhere at all times. So, and then if I wasn't doing that, I was playing in a band somewhere. I was at church practicing or in a choir rehearsal or something having to do with music at mm -hmm. all times. So I was obsessed. So by the late seventies, I'm bringing you up to it. So by the late seventies, I had already recorded my very first thing, like when I was 11 in 77. And that was a revelation to me, just how people get in and lay it down and all those, that process was fascinating. We did it all live in that moment because we didn't have no money to do no overdubs, but right. I still was in a place where overdubs were possible. I learned all that stuff in Wichita. And then there was this guy, John Miller, who had a studio uh, out in the outskirts of Kansas, uh, 
you know, super farmer, you know, come on, man. Like I was Please in the middle don't. of, look, I was in the middle of nowhere. The soulful stuff I was doing. Mm -hmm. So long story short, hearing the sounds of in the late seventies, Clark Sisters came out with "Is My Living Is My Living in Vain." Uh, yeah, shout out to the Clark Sisters. I heard you mention commissioned. Yeah, So we more than Motown. We Motown. Yeah. We so Come much more now. And so influential on me, on people like me. Mm -hmm. uh, so when I start hearing those sounds, and then the whinings and the those records were just amazing. You're talking 1980, 81. We're talking Question Is in 81. You know, the Question Is was an anthem where I come from. Question wow. Is? Are you kidding me? That was yeah. like, what? I still get the chills now from those records. Bill Maxwell, shout out to Bill Maxwell oh. for producing those genius productions. Kept my ear perked up, right? And I was like, how are they making these gospel records sound like Earth, Wind & Fire and the main R&B stuff that's Maybe. happening right now? So I made it my business. So the, the revelation to me that changed me for, for good and ultimately, that, that 78 through through 80 period was so huge on me and my ears because you got Twinkie with mm -hmm. those high, uh, it's my living in vain. And you got the whiners joints, like I just said. And then the thing is, when Michael dropped with Off the Wall, and I was Baby, like, put on some headphones. Don't do it. You hear me? But and don't do it. Don't do harmonies it. And, and don't the, go there. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, the, yeah, the, the, just listen. You hear me just laying it out? Like, what are these guitar parts doing back and forth and all across the stereo field? And I was like, and then by the time he came in with them, Gotta leave the nine to five. Yeah, You're like, whoa, whoa, what's happening? What's happening? Oh my God. You feel this, me? And then, me too excited. Stop just it. How he, how he, Quincy kept layering these layers of stuff. Mm -hmm. The percussion, the ver the reverb on the percussion, don't right. stop till you get enough, is a veritable right. smorgasbord of rhythmic ear candy. It's insane. Yes. It's the ear yeah. To this day. All that stuff happening. Right. I would get lost in my headphones mm -hmm. just listening to what was happening sonically. All the different sounds on top of each other. On top of each other. Are you and one the, of those who, who like, um, um, sometimes I'll signal a sound out in my when I'm listening to it, sure. I like single it out, like, oh, I keep hearing that different sound. Yeah, sure. Like I love that. I was hearing every goddamn thing. I was like, listen, yeah. and, and then and then I was also very conscious because I was trying to record myself. Mm. So I was conscious of the groove. So like John Robinson on those drums, let's take rock with you. Uh just the rock solidness of the bass and drums and how that drives everything. And then you and you layer everything around it. So I was learning that stuff at 13, you know, 14. Mm -hmm. That's what my ears were listening to. So when you combine that with a whole plethora of Stevie stuff at the same time. Mm. Like, so Stevie, 1980, we're talking 81, hotter than July. You know, we're going into that whole incredible sonics of those things. And then into 82 with That Girl and Ribbon in the Sky. Yes, that's one of my favorites. That yeah. girl, then, that girl, yeah. Okay. The sonics, the sonics on those drums. That harmonica. Everything, yeah. the harmonica's crazy. Uh, let's get into the Gap Band, 1980, oh, yearning. Yearning, yearning for your love in 1980. Don't oh. stop the music by Yarbrough and Peoples. These oh grooves, so like we're talking, those are my influential. Listen, I was 15 years old. And you were you like me, an 80s. Listen, yeah, all that stuff about 80s R&B, 70s, like 80s R&B. Yeah, man. Oh my gosh, the SOS band, all of those. When I think about it, yeah, 1980 would take your time to do it right, right. And what that was, and then and then my side funk joints like Fatback Band and looking for that good stuff. Come on, man, backstroke. Come on. Yes, yes. Woo, child, we'll be, hold on. We'll be here all day. Brian. Listen, we'll be here all night with it. We will. Cutie pie. I'm just talking about records that changed me sonically. Yes. Skating yes. joints. Yes. Skating. Bounce rock roll skate. Uh, computer mm -hmm. game. Yellow Magic, the genius of that. Dun, 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 dun. If that wasn't a skating anthem, what okay, are you talking about? Oh, so wait, how did you come out of Kansas? Because see, we can be here reminiscing all night. I think because how I was did you get out of Kansas? In that space in Kansas, listening to all those types of records had already transported my spirit, number one, and my mind into another place. So I was like, I need to be where I can do those things myself. So I started, we started doing demos. I was in a gospel group, a couple gospel groups. Um, and my goal in those gospel groups was to be another commission or be another mm -hmm. 
uh, Tremaine, you know, she had a, she had fall down in 1986, uh, 85, mm-hmm. and that was a cl- crossover. Is that the Cache de Bois? Is that that's how we get to Cache? Exactly. Okay. okay. So, so that's how, that's how we get there because it started as a let's do message joints like Clark's had done when you brought the sunshine. It crossed over mm-hmm. into the clubs, and, and Tremaine in '85 would fall down, which was so dope. Please Google fall down like people so you can understand what that Tremaine group, Hawkins. Tremaine Hawkins fall yeah. down 1985 okay. on on AM Records. So yeah. I literally from Kansas reached out to the guy that had signed Tremaine and done the fall down record. His name was John McCain. And at the time, he was signing in the process of putting out Janet's Control. Ooh. Yes, I'm catching all this. Another so, classic. So, right. So the very Ooh. first time we ever came to L.A., it was we were trying to uh, we had been told by this manager we had that we were going to um, get signed to Solar Records, which was Shalimar. Mm-hmm. And all those things and the whispers and and, and, I, and Leon is another one of my heroes who I'm th- blessed to know as a friend, Leon Silvers. And so we thought we're coming to 19, you're coming to uh, L.A. in 1986 visiting, but we're going to try to lock down this record deal. Right. Well, it all fell apart. It didn't happen. Right. So we, we ended up back in Kansas in 87. And here comes Jay King through the town because they have a huge album, platinum album out called Life, Love and Pain. Mm-hmm. And, um, and one of my friends who was a huge Club Nouveau fan went to their show, kind of was a groupie. And went and literally followed them back to their room and stuff. And he, but he was a huge fan of me and the yeah. things I was doing with this gospel group um, called Devotion. And then eventually Cache. So he let Jay King hear that demo that we had been doing, and that's how it all started for and me. Jay brought okay. He called okay. me, said, "Listen, get, you got to get out of Kansas. Let's go. I'm going to sign Benny Medina, who was at, uh, in charge of uh, A and R at the time, who also created Fresh Prince of Bel Air and manages J Lo to this day. Wow. Uh, he's the one that signed us in 1987 to Warner, and we okay. got out. And then it all fell apart within like a year and a half. <laughs> but at that's least I had made it out." Right, right, because you are an artist as well. Oh, yeah. You, do, you sang. See, that's oh, yeah. what I like that you can do both. You can produce and sing. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's let's get into SWV because I know that's what a lot of people want to hear about, but I did want to give them a little background. Mm-hmm. So you did Martha Wash. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Um, what was the single? Um, give it to you. Give, give it to you. Okay, and then someone through her introduced you to SWV. The person who AR Martha's album, his name was Kenny Ortiz. Uh, and he's the guy who found uh SWV and gave me tapes of them with what they had done up until that point, which was just these demos. Uh, but the Martha Watch stuff is amazing because first of all, she was really like the top chick in that moment as far as record sales and what she was doing. Everybody dance now was huge at that mm-hmm. moment. And then right. the year before that was everybody, everybody. So I, she was doing her thing, right? All right. Um, and so I was like, I know that voice because I had already loved her on when she was with Sylvester with Disco Heat in 70, wow. 78 when I was 12. And I used to rock that joint and again, listening right. to the production. Uh-huh. Well, I'm always been attracted to voices. So I was like, I think I could write something for her. And I, and then when I heard everybody, everybody, and then ultimately everybody dance now, I was like, let me do one of them joints. So I did. And then she ended up asking me to do like four more. So I got five on that. On that, on that debut joint by her. And I did ballads and I did mid-tempos. I did stuff that people hadn't done on Martha before. But the cool thing is, not only did we get a number one dance record out of it, what I got was to work with a legend to yep. me. You know, that voice. That voice she is absolutely voice. is. On she the is. heels of her biggest successes. Exactly. So right. I started in the game. I'm trying to say I started the game already with a sister with ridiculous voice. Right. Okay, okay. And so we meet SWV. You did six of the seven singles that were released. Right. Right. So talk about that process a little bit because, listen, when I first heard... uh, I'm so into you. I was yeah. like, look at these heifers with these boots. They better get... <laughs> and listen to this day. I mean, they, it's still a bop. It's Each a of those problem, songs right? are still a bop. Thank you. It's the, they're classic. I, how do you write from a woman's perspective, though, Brian? What you know about do, um, downtown? And did you do downtown too? I didn't do downtown. Didn't do downtown. You did you, okay, but you know what? I love anything. That I, intro, did, do, I did do anything. Baby, absolutely. Absolutely. That, now, were you? Did you know they were going to remix it for the Above the Rim soundtrack? Well, we were in the remix era, so it was like okay. kind of given a. That was kind of what the thing to do back then was do a okay. dope remix. Okay. Was, Thanks to Diddy, that's the thing that everybody did at that point. 
Right, but that opening, anything. Yeah, you mean the ballad, my slow one, yeah. Yep, any the int I'm yeah. talking about because that's the first track. Yeah, yeah. Oh, was it up? oh yeah. Anything you wanna yes, do, yes, I am gonna baby. The sexy, the sexy that's one of my B sides that should have been released as a single. Right, right, to right. Me. I wanted to open the album with something absolutely sexy. It was, and, and I wanted all of that. And, and if you notice, it goes right into I'm so into you, like without stopping, no break. Yep. I, I got yep. that from my Stevie Wonder days when he would have one song go right into the next song. Yeah. I, I, I like always dug edits like that. So I, that's mm. the reason why I did that. It goes right from that last note and breath you hear on anything right into right into I'm so into you. I like that type of shit. I, but, I liked it too. It was a nice segue. <laughs> and so what was that like working with them? And we're talking 30 years ago, but. I love how, like I said, those still bang to those days. So what is that like for you to hear? Because how Jimmy Jam was at um, the CNN. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Music yeah, celebration and his oh, yeah. water there. Yeah, man. Like the, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's, so, it's so good. Yeah, yeah. First of all, Jimmy, I mean, where do I start? I mean, right. It's such an influence on me, keyboard-wise, production-wise, lyric, melody, uh, Terry as well, rhythmically, um, bass, just... Both of them guys are some of the dopest lyrical and melodic writing people I've ever, ever been blessed to just live in the same lifetime as. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'd write the same, the way that I do without their, I call it guidance, because when I listen to their work, it's not just work that we love, but it's for, for an art and a writer and a producer. It was pure, like, genius, first of all, and it's timeless. And so yeah, that's kind of the bar. They set the bar. For, you're talking about melody after uh so is that what influenced pick any one of their joints and they melodies is crazy sunday monday to, right. i mean just melodies let's wait a while pick a melody okay listen Come on, so man. How, did you, how did you learn how to arrange their voices because we know coco of course is the lead but how did you learn how to mesh lily and taj's in because well, they well, all we need them yeah. all together well, we that's did. where my Clark sister stuff comes from. Like now, now you're talking like what the way I grew up. Like I grew up listening to the things that you know, the harmonies of the Clark sisters is everything to me. How 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 Twinkie blended their voices is mm -hmm. is the, is was always my mindset. Like that's it. So if I think there's a direct line between my Clark sisters' influence and what I do on SWV, and here's a, there's a secret to it. It's a pattern if you listen. It's always unison harmony, unison harmony. And then the harmony. You feel okay. me? Okay. Back to the unison. Don't know what I'm gonna do. Unison. Okay. You got me so harmony. You feel me? That in and out with the unison harmony yeah. thing. That's kind of like my style. Rain, rain down on me. Yes. Which was on the third. It's the third album. Come on. Yeah, because man. that right. second album that we we so let's talk a little bit about how that second album they kind of dissed you. Oh, they didn't put your stuff out. You did oh, what five on that. And I'm going to tell you, I noticed the difference because that second album wasn't really hit. Re really, my favorite is the first. Yes. The we'll first is a push way. play for me. The other two, I have like three or four joints. Mm -hmm. um, well, things like Time Time that really clearly should have been a single. Yes, it should have. Because uh, that's one of my favorites off that second album. Yeah, yeah. And I hear this a lot from the fans. Like, it was a really, it was really disappointing. For a producer, first of all, when you come out, you gotta have a. You, you first of all, on the heels of a six or seven song smash, three million selling album, the the next thing you do is clearly the most important thing you're gonna do in that moment, like how you follow it up, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, whoever's idea it was to not release my five joints that I have on there. Uh, yeah, that was. So what, I mean, did you have a conflict with one of their their managers? Was it the? Um, I don't know who manager? made the actual decision. I mean, I've okay. heard it blamed on management. I don't know, but at the end of the day, somebody should have stood up for me, uh, in right. that in that in that yeah. circle of people. And obviously, it was obviously decided that hey, we're not going to release any of those any of Brian Morgan singles. Mm -hmm. uh, that's just the way they you know you know that was some way to rate. Well, and speaking of hateration, I don't want to like say it's hateration. It was kind of shade, though. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's trying to because you uh -oh. have a, I guess, a cordial relationship with them now, For 30 sure. years later. Yeah. Too. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, people are still asking them about th that first album because they know 
yeah. that you pretty much put them, you know, y'all. It was well, a- let's not skip over the fact that I showed up for that first reality show in 2006, Oops. five Uh-oh. or six. I okay. showed up for that as well when, you know, I showed up and then got kind of battered and bruised and a mm. lot on TV. Uh, kind of assaulted and ambushed about mm-hmm. interviews I've done and stuff. So, but I still mm-hmm. showed up and I wrote a whole song out of that for Lily mm-hmm. and her about her and her daughter that mm-hmm. fans asked me about uh, wishing you were here. So I just wanted to make sure that you know that even amidst all the whatever, that. I, I still had love for y'all asses. Support them. See, that's I was, that Midwest. Yeah, I show up and I support. Yeah, that's that Midwest. Yeah, so wait, yeah. I want to go into this this clip that was kind of shady to me. They were on the We Sound Crazy podcast and of course oh, wow. they, okay. they were talking about you. Okay. Um, so let's share a little clip and then I want to get your reaction. Okay. All of the stuff that you all have done with him, it's just wow, chef's kiss. What I is it about that the stars aligned yeah. when Kenny decided this guy has the great songs that'll fit this group mm-hmm. and everything just clicked. It, and whenever we record, well, recorded back then, everything just clicked with his music. It was always for us. I don't know. I mean, has he had the kind of success he had with us? No, he was yes. our person <laughs> and we were his people. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's like Jamin Lewis and Janet. Yeah. And it's Tony, y'all. Right. And it's really a one of a kind. Man. Yeah. Ooh. So okay. Ooh. So Ooh. let me see. I don't Wait, know. I, I don't like how that sounded, Brian. She I don't like, think. No. I don't know if it was shade. I mean, let's do this. Let's, no. Let's, let's unpack it. Let's unpack it, what she's actually saying. I love y'all, but damn, y'all ain't he? Y'all ain't the only ones he done put on <laughs> my shit. That <laughs> ain't. Let's I just do that wasn't right, Brian. But let's unpack what she actually said. Okay. Okay. Unpack so it. she said, "Has he had any success as?" great as that right with them now let's let's just unpack that this real quick because first of all we're talking about two different things their success as artists alone without me as a producer on all their albums that they've done you can look at that and say and and measure that and say that's what that is but you got to remember i'm not an artist like that i'm a writer and producer so my success level and measure of what success is has to do with what producers and writers do and you know what producers and writers do? They play songs on people's records and hope that they sell, right? So I feel like it wasn't a great comparison to say, has he had success, the word success, quotes, uh, comparable to what I had with them. And here's how we break it down. Let's talk about what happened when you come out with the second album and you don't release any of the person that you had your biggest success with. Right. So that's the first step in maybe somebody might've played a part in me not having that success because Mm. you don't have six successful singles and then not do release Mm. the things. And it ain't like they weren't there. The songs were there. It ain't like I didn't Mm. deliver. Right. Mm -hmm. So the songs are there, but they chose not to do that. So that's the first thing Mm -hmm. that would be the first blow to my success. Right. But then check this. I'm still down and come back in on the third album when I only got one song. But that one song is still the signature sound that people, especially people in Detroit, Mm -hmm. uh, appreciate as Mm -hmm. their sound. So let's Mm -hmm. talk about success. So once again, even with my one song, I didn't have the success I had on that third album. Uh, neither one of us did. It didn't sell three million albums. Oh, but, but however, like it's about time. But however, I felt successful mm-hmm. as a what? Writer, producer. I came in. I did my job. I created Rain. Rain, Rain is still resonating with these fans today. To this day, babe, with the children too. With the younger, my little cousin sang week on, in man. a talent show, okay? And Rain is still a talent show favorite. So, so I, would say, <laughs> I would say that success should be measured by what, what your job is. And my job as a writer and producer was just to keep writing and producing. So let's talk about what I wrote and produced and whether or not it was successful. Mm-hmm. Um, when we talk about Rain, 
it came back in the form of Chingy pulling me back and Tyrese as a mm-hmm. big old pop hit. Mm-hmm. That's what you want as a writer and producer mm-hmm. is for your work to not only come back, but come back and be successful mm-hmm. all over again. It did that. It came back right here, came back in the form of Chris Brown's She Ain't You. Mm-hmm. Another top top 20, top 15 Ooh, run it pop, down. pop hit in 2011. Run it down. So right. and I'm just saying, JoJo. When I covered Week myself and produced it on her, came back, she had a triple platinum album out the gate. So again, as a writer and a producer, all along the way, after after I got shit on on the second album, I'm still doing records that, that to me, are successful. Okay. Now, I want to say, say this. Sometimes it's not how big the record was, but how, I think, important the record was to me as a producer and writer, give you an example. Layla Hathaway's Let Me Love You. Mm-hmm. Didn't, do, didn't do big, huge numbers. But I guarantee you, Layla is a legend to me in the family tree of a legend that I respect at the exact same level as Stevie Marvin and all the incredible soul heroes, Donny Hathaway. So the fact that I'm even in a room recording Layla Hathaway exactly. at all is a huge measure of success for me as a what? And also let's, let's add Drake. I want to start with just the things that how you what we perceive success as mm-hmm. we're still talking writer producer. That's all I do, really. Mm-hmm. And I happen to sing. But my point is, it, it wasn't fair to compare what happened after, you know, I did those records with them on that first successful run. They couldn't reproduce that without me. As far as success, if you want to talk about success goes, but the point is, I still kept doing what I do, and that is writing and producing. So Usher uh, wasn't a big record, but again, if you keep listening and looking down my list of my names, Faith Evans, uh, I'm always working with the top people. Missy Elliott. Missy Elliott with Nicole Ray. That wasn't as successful as I wanted it to be, but there I was working with Missy Elliott and had a second single off of Nicole Ray's album following Timbaland, one of the biggest producers in the game. Mm-hmm. Again, what I'm trying to say to you is success, and this is to the producers and writers out there. Um, it's not about me comparing my success to them. That's why I think that was a misplaced thing to say. Mm-hmm. It's about, are you on your path? doing what you were called to do. I was called to write and produce, and that's what I've been doing. And now the cool thing about it is that I have things that I have written produced that are are successful on things like Drake, three yeah. million albums on, on the Views album, right. uh, or the right. on the way or the on the way thing on Khalid, a couple yeah. double, you know, double mm-hmm. items on that. And that's great. And they're all <laughs> top tier. They're top tier, right? Yeah. So I think as a producer, and as a writer, that's all you can yeah. hope for. Yeah, that- I would say that's pretty successful. That's, your, I mean, that's all you can hope because for. Because those people might not have wanted to work with you if they not had not have realized, known that you were the, the Brian Alexander Morgan who worked with SWV. I'm sure when they heard it's that, all they like, oh, yeah, it's I need you to come work that for same sure. magic over here. Yeah, that same magic. Sure. And I love it because, mm-hmm. hey, if you just follow the, if you follow my trajectory, you see that it's always my songs that makes me successful. Like whether it's covered on somebody like Chris Brown's uh, with Young with Young Blue. Sexy motherfucker. Oh, that is my shit. Yes. Of course. They, that you did that? That's they, But they, that's a sample. They're sampling all yes, the time. Doomed. Okay, yes. Okay, yes. But I'm just saying, so whether it's, whether it's yes. them covering me, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm firmly rooted in today's right now music. Yes. With the yep. same songs that I did then, but I'm also doing new songs within it. Check out the Faith Evans. Check out the Tamar Braxton. Check out the Layla Hathaway if you haven't. Check out the Usher. Um, it's just, you know, those are the names you want to say if you're calling yourself a successful writer and producer is all I'm saying. Right, exactly. It's still added to your resume. I'm so, a, I'm, right, I'm right, quick, yeah, that, I want to continue on that vein. I want to go back to kind of tell the story a little bit. Hey, Marcus Devine. Shout out to Marcus Devine. Uh, he says, my hero, one of the greatest of all time. Shout out to everyone watching around. Thank you, Marcus. Thank you, Marcus. Shout, he, he's a hot producer as well. Mm-hmm. Y'all y'all need to connect. I, I, Marcus and Brian, y'all need to connect because Marcus what? has worked with 112, Ashanti. Nice. Um, 
uh, Drew Hill, a plethora of artists. Beth, she's here from Detroit. Awesome. Uh, her father was one of the Funk Brothers. I'll check it Motown. out. Y'all see a minute. Who's one of the... What? what, what? <laughs> <laughs> Who's Baby, Who's I got to text you. Beth, she's an artist from Detroit. She used to do background vocals for Anita Baker, but now she's a solo artist. Okay, I Marcus is out. her um, producer right. and musical director. I'm with her it. Her voice is fantastic i'll have to text you some of her stuff I but you all it. definitely need to connect um because marcus has an but rocky did i make that clear for you what i was he trying said, to say i know big bro okay he said y'all know each other okay did i make did i connect those dots as far yeah, as yeah absolutely what that means exactly okay, okay absolutely oh he said he's been to your studio in sacramento as hell as well because yeah okay. so y'all have met great okay so yes i'm glad because you have and that makes the point of you define success not others you define your success. Well, ultimately, you. you should. You, I mean, you should definitely. You know what I mean? But I think there, there's success as an artist and then there's success as a writer producer. And that's definitely two different things is what I was Exactly. Because yeah. let's be honest, if they want to say that, no other album has been as uh, successful as about It's About Time. You could say that, yeah. So, but to me, yeah. But that doesn't to, again, but uh, and it works both ways. To me, that doesn't de define their success. Exactly. To me, right? Because they their still are legendary. Are the fact that they're still here, right? And they're still, still one of the, the female groups of all time. Yeah, so still working, looking amazing, dude. Out there getting that. Yes, money. they oh. are. So that's a level of success. You feel me? So it's just a, it's about your definition of what success is. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's uh, talk about um, a little fun fact that Rain was supposed to be for Brandy right quick. Yes. I don't yes. know if a lot of people know that, but Rain originally was supposed to be for Brandy, but somebody snatched it away. And well, okay. so just right quick. I'll summarize that. that. Okay. So in the moment, obviously, I was still hurt from not having my singles released on um, on the second album uh, and, and having so much heat on there and still not having it released. So by the time we got to the third album, I was, by the time they got to the third album, I didn't really feel like I was a part of it anymore, frankly. And like, you know, I just did not feel loved or wanted. Uh, and so I started to work, you know, write for other people. So I wrote Rain for Brandy and was pursuing that. And it was going quite well. It was uh, literally about to be on the record. We was, got to, was about to go in. I was in the studio with Brandy and Kelly Price at Daddy's house about to cut the thing in a, like a day or two, something like that. And we were, we let Diddy hear it, everything, uh, the demo. And I get a call from RCA saying that, uh, I think Rodney Jerkins chose not to include it on her Boy Is Mine album because he was in charge of, you know, what got accepted or not. Mm -hmm. And he felt like it was too SWV. I know he loved the song for sure. Shout out to Rodney Jerkins. I know, I know he loved the song. I know that for sure. And it was his call. And so Sylvia Rohn had already like paid me for the song because I had a production song deal at the time with, that included the stuff I did on Nicole Ray and, and the stuff I was writing for Brandy. So I had already gotten paid for the song. But RCA called and said, hey, you know, we're wrapping up the release of Tension album. We need a Brian Morgan song. Mm -hmm. In that moment, I said, all right. And then that's how they ended up on, a, mm -hmm. ended up on, the, on that album. And that makes sense because it 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 fits them. It fits oh, them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It fits them. One of my favorite so I, songs that I ever did on them. Listen, listen. So I just wanted to show a quick clip from speaking of Jimmy Jam about mm. him giving you your props. Now that's the bomb when you have oh, my hero, man. Come some on. of your those who you look up to. Absolutely. So let's just. I just want to watch a quick clip okay. of him. Um, giving you some props. Okay. Every once in a while, there would be a record or something that I would really like, and I would kind of call everybody into my room and say, okay, listen to this, because I want this record to resonate with you and then inform the way that you make records going forward. And that's a pretty short list of, of, of records of singles and albums over the years. But I do remember the first time hearing SWV for the very first time. I went straight to um, each room and grabbed each. I grabbed Terry from his room. I think, can't remember whether it was Mint Condition or somebody was in another room. Uh, you know, probably had another artist in another room. I can't remember. I just remember I gathered everybody in my studio and I just said, listen to this record. And we played the whole record from start to finish. 
And everybody knew when they went back to their room to create whatever they were going to create, they were going to be impacted by what they had just heard. I think Dan, Brian Alexander Morgan, he represents soulfulness. He represents realness, rawness, um, and forward thinking, man. Like the songs he was writing in the 80s, I'm still connecting with him right now. You know what I'm saying? The songs he was doing way back. Like it's like, how was you even thinking of this? You know what I'm saying? It's stuff that now I'm still trying to crack those codes. So just, you know, classic, man. He's just a real classic musician, artist, writer, producer, all across the board. Man, I got number of respect for them. The sisters with. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, so if they have to is that on youtube if people want to see the full that is not i don't have it i don't think they have that out on youtube yet it's probably oh, coming exclusive that's exclusive it is exclusive. reality yeah, yeah. exclusive y'all y'all heard it here first <laughs> y'all heard it here first Listen, and shout out to hit boy he's a yeah I'm, man Listen. that's my guy right there man what, that's so what is that like brian when you have jimmy jam Listen. making people listen to your stuff and pretty much telling them this is your lesson. Here's the lesson. Come on in here, listen to this. It's mind blowing, <laughs> and it also can bring me to tears real quick because my right. Oh my God, my truth of the matter is that is I know I wouldn't be the player of uh, producer that I am without them. They mm. just literally like just blaze such a trail, and that goes back to Leon blazing the trail that opened the door for them. So when I so yeah. I'm with, when I'm with Leon, I just talked to Leon two days ago. When I talk to him, I find myself getting overwhelmed and full <clears throat> because uh, I feel you. Listen, take a breath. Listen, I'm the way. same way. I feel you. It's a long way from Wichita but to these guys in their world. So the fact that I made it into their worlds and was able to influence them is just uh, it's overwhelming. I bet, I bet. Because it's like you dream it, and then when it's happening, it's like, I cannot believe it. And so it's, that's just a testament to your to your talent and your gift, Brian, because- If I had to say anything at all, it would be to young writers and aspiring producers. If you are true to it in the sense that you're not just doing it to impress others, you're not just doing it for money, you are doing it because you feel led and there's a spirit leading you where you've had teachers to guide you, but you're still doing you, authentically doing you. And I think that's the reason why that it works because A, I respected what came before me. I included it, the Charlie Wilsons, the Stevie Wonders, the Donnie Hathaways, the Clark sisters, the commissions, all those things, whenever I'm doing anything, were always part of what I was doing, my stew that I'm, you know, creating. And then Jimmy and Terry and producers and even Teddy, like everybody that brought something to the beat part of it, like where you, how they arrange beats. Uh, DJ Premier, uh, Eric Sermon. Oh, man. Like, oh, my I was God. a huge fan of these hip hop icons. Listen, how they put their beats together. Happy 50th hip hop. Happy, Happy 50th hip hop. And on some real, real, real shit. Like those guys influenced me as much as the R&B guys. So when you hear my joints, it's a combination of those things. Period. I love that. So wait, so let's get into what's coming next. Because mm. you still cutting up. So <laughs> a little birdie told me, a little birdie told me. Hey, man. I'm so blessed. Again, like I met through, through DJ Battlecat, who's a beast himself. Uh, he had a couple records with this girl Nefertiti, and I heard that shit. Oh no, like, no, no! Wait, okay, we are gonna get to her, but I wanted to get into the. It's about timeless. Oh, let's finish thing. up SWV, then we gonna move. Okay, okay, okay. So right so, quick, yeah, let's I have, talk about the 30th about anniversary yeah, of the about time you're gonna do a compilation. I, it's yes. about timeless. Yes, I put coming out in the fall. Some dope, some dope current artists covering the hits. Jacquees. Between Nigel, Nigel doing always my because that was so well received, um, and just I don't want to give too much away, but okay, okay. putting it together. Mm. Stay tuned. I'm definitely gonna get that wrapped up. That's that business is happening now. I got there's a, a unreleased SWV song on there. Oh, okay. So they so 
So y'all work together again? They, they... This is going to be us working together again. There's a new SWV oh. song that we got to cut still that's okay. supposed to go on there. There's an unreleased joint that people love called What Two Can Do. Uh, and then the five joints from the It's About Time album that, you know, the hits done by today's artists. The, I'm so excited about it because it's so dope. And who so, gonna do weak? Who gonna do weak? It better be somebody good, Brian. It Don't is. Come on there acting. Who gonna? It's this a dope, dope artist out of Australia. <laughs> she's she's fire. Is it Snow Allegra? Oh, well, well, no, 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 you heard him say it, y'all. He coming back. I'll come back. I'll come back and talk because I want to come back and share what you know. Roll that out for you. Yes, please. Right. Keep We're trying to get. Me. I'm trying to get Let's all the all the stuff. The, the loose ends tied right now on come all that. Back, please. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. okay. So now let's move on to Nefertiti Avani. Yeah, man. Hoop Dogs artist. So right clip quick. Let's play. Um, Let's play. I want to play the Snoop Dogg right quick because that's just about 10 seconds. Let's let's just play what Snoop Dogg said right quick. And we're going to hear a legend's name at the end of this. <laughs> just right quick. That's a piece of this death row RMG shit. That's what it is. You are the missing piece of this death row RMG shit. Come on, Larry. Let's figure this shit out. Listen, and so he was referring to the legendary Larry Jackson. Yeah, who, if y'all don't know, y'all better Google. Yeah, all man. I'm gonna say is Apple and Dr. Dre. Look, and such and such. All and, it is, yeah. And so you're connected with him. The beauty of it all introduced you to him. Snoop introduced me to Larry, but the but I want to get back to Snoop's uh, what he was saying there was that he thinks I'm the key Miss, to Miss, what he's missing at the label, yeah. which to me, like again. That's crazy from from such a legend, like to think that I could be a missing piece of anything that he's doing, who's worked with nothing but the best, Dr. Dre and Pharrell and every dope producer ever, Battle Cat. And oh, yeah. We need to bring that back, that genuine, that eighties, not that nineties, that genuine yeah. real R and B. We do and, and hip hop, and he knows the what it is. Musicianship, the musicianship, right. the artistry of it all—that's what all you represent. It. That's that's what I think he's talking about. Absolutely. I'm I'm so honored that he even said something like that. Like that's crazy, and I appreciate him so much. Uh, and you know what's cool about Snoop, and the reason why I'm really really thankful for his friendship is that I can I can do something and just send it right to him, and he'll give me his immediate feedback. Boom. He, he, if he's fucking with, he's he, he's telling me right then and there, like it's, it's no bullshit, and um, and that's why I embraced his artist because a Snoop is one of the only ones I see in the hip hop world that's really reaching out and to R and B like in a real way. Mm -hmm. uh, October London, have you heard October London? This guy's yes, Jesus, Marvin energy. Uh, yes. and I'm just saying, like Jane Hancock. Are you kidding me? To me, she's the Twinkie Clark of hip hop R and B. Like mm. she's to me, Jane is, is easily the new Faith Evans as far as that oh, energy oh. goes. And I've had Jane over here. We just that's my homie. Like we're working on something right now too. Uh, hopefully with La Russell on it. So I, I'm I, I got my uh, my hands in so many things. But my biggest proudest moment for so far with Snoop is going to be definitely Nefertiti. Yeah, okay. So let's writing, get into that. Opinion, her yeah. vocal. Come on, man. Yes, Ron. October is I found I saw her the other day. I was like, ooh. I, I'm sorry, him. My yeah. bad. October London, yeah. <laughs> uh I, I came across him the other day and I was like, ooh, wait a minute now. Oh yeah. This oh, is yeah. sounding kind of the truth. Yeah, this is kind of yeah. So but again, Snoop but, is making it his business to, to bring that back. Bring that back, yeah. Yep, I love it. I it's love amazing. it. So let's get into somebody else he's bringing. Um Nefertiti. So this My is a baby. fact. Um this could be the one. Okay. I so do this one with Nef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is you in the lab. So yeah, let's man. Yep, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> we got it, y'all. We got it, y'all. It's coming. It's coming. This I love it. One. Nefertiti Avani. She is, yeah, definitely. What up? Hey, welcome to another episode of In the Lab with Brian Alexander Morgan. Hey, sometimes I like to experiment. This is one of those joints. <laughs> I wanted to see what a three-chord joint would be. Just a three-chord joint. Just that. Called my girl Nefertiti, had her write a hook to it. I sang a hook on top of her hook, put it together. This is what we got. Let's go. 
who can now also sing and raps. So, yes. so let's go into the part where she drops her verse as well. Nice. I was like, oh, she dropping bars, and she? Lauren Hill vibes here. Lauren Hill. I'm not mad. Yeah, Neff does it all, man. I love it. So let's go into that. Next. And she's fine. Yeah, she is, though. Hearing her and her little boo. Yeah, she yeah, yeah. Cute. She is a cutie pie. Oh, yeah. This could be the one, be a phenomenon to go beyond. This could be the reason why you put up with your best song. Could be the reason that you text it back. Be the reason why somebody making time for that. Why you smiling in the middle of your day, getting flashbacks? Fucking with a meal, cause you try to already snack back. This could be the one, but it's up to you. Cause if it ain't me, it's gonna be a story. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love when she said fucking with all, all these fucking with a meal when you fucking with all these snack packs. When yeah. you know, L- listen. Come on, bars. Come on now. <laughs> and that's what I love that we have more females of substance coming out now. Yeah, like Shout out Lotto, Meg oh, Stallion, yeah. Flo oh, Millie, yeah. these artists. Lotto, are- Lotto may or may not be on that. Uh it's about timeless. Listen, <laughs> Brian, don't I'm gonna be you can call me. Save my number, okay? Of I'm course. Of and course. I want to get you into an article too on one of my platforms. We 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 gonna see if we can get you get oh, a little sure. something with Billboard or this oh, is yeah, let's, let's go. Listen, sure. listen, listen. So I wanted to ask you, Brian, because you obviously, because we know how some producers they sing just enough to do the demo. Okay, <laughs> and their talent is more. You know, they just do right, just right, enough right. to do the right, demo, right? right? Mm-hmm. But you actually have a nice ass voice, because like I said, that um, you're always on my mind. I loved hearing your vocals on that. I thought that was just a perfect touch for the song. I was like, oh, I always loved that. So, what what do you like between being an artist versus a producer? How do you separate? How do you? You know, twist your transition your mind and say, okay, let me put my artist cap on. Let me put my producer writer cap on. That is a great question. And I'm going to tell you something. Um, Sometimes it's very difficult to separate the two. Right. So so it's funny you ask. I'm working on a new project on me. Right. Right now. But what I wanted to do was separate my producer self from my artist self. So, you know what I did? So this is what and this is in the process right now. We didn't talk about this. I'm sharing this with you. I went into my studio and there's some dudes I create what we call samples with. I can just be singing and playing like and just record myself singing and playing and then freestyle. But out of those freestyles, though, Rock, came these cool, like really from the heart melodies and vibes. Right. And so I had like five, four, five of them where I was just playing these keys and singing right off the top of my head, whatever just came into my mind. Right. And so. After I put four or five of them, lined them up together, I was like, this is some this is some raw, raw me. This is like raw off the top of my head shit, keys wise and singing, right? So I said, you know what I'm going to do? If I want to really hear myself produced by other producers, this is the perfect moment for me to do it. So what I did was I start sending the snippets to my producer friends, mm-hmm. like Mike and Keys, who did all the Nipsey Hustle joints, mm-hmm. and, and Hit Boy himself. And 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 uh, my man Deputy that did the Rihanna's bitch better have my money. So listen, when I tell you that they've turned in some fire, or as we say them in mess, fire up yeah. on these beats. <laughs> I mean, on my on my raw vocals and keys. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna put that out as an EP on me, mm-hmm. just because I, it's the I, the fans haven't really heard me. Right. Um, it'll be. Will it be your first EP? It'll, it'll be, be my first EP. Yeah. Ever. Ever. Uh. Ever and it's just raw. It's just raw. I call it raw bam. Mm. Yeah, which is Brian Alexander Morgan. Morgan. Which, by the way, that's your alter ego. Yep. Who, who does house music and you raw. Done, I love. Ah! This, this <laughs> my logo. 
Listen. So it makes no, sense. No, no. You feel me? Raw. If you know, you know. Bam. <laughs> Got it? Right. So, <laughs> we so like, no, when I tell you Mike and Keys them showed out with these beats, oh my God. It's so, it's okay. so, it's, it makes me so happy because uh, they'll tell okay. you, just like Marcus. When is that Michael. coming? That's coming that? very soon. Okay. They, uh, it might come before. Or it's about timeless. It might come before that. We'll, we'll see okay. which one comes first. But there's Nefertiti stuff happening, so we're going to figure out which one of those comes first. But Mike and Keys told me the same thing that I hear from Marcus and other producers, today's producers, and that is, and Hit Boy, that I influenced them. So they're giving back mm. to me on this. And I, I really, it. really love them for that. And I'm telling you, the love of hip hop that we all have comes okay. through. Because well, it, oh, and I sent the joints to Snoop too. He loved one of them. One of them is called. This one of them so pimpy and so so get so so g'd out. It's so g'd out. It, they y'all ain't used to me talking about pimp shit. This one of them is just straight. Oh, I'm so excited for y'all to hear it. Wait, wait. So right quick, I had to get in the question for inquiring minds, Brian. If you got a boo, you got a boo. Like, Not right now. No, my boo single? is my boo is music. And my and my dogs take up the rest of my time. So okay. in the movie, yeah, yeah. So no. And that just reminded me of another little fun fact that week was written with Shantae Moore in mind. Absolutely. That yeah. was a that so was you a were kind of crushing on her. Yes, it, but you know, that was my boss's lady. So that was one of them off limits, not ever gonna happen situations. Okay, so, right, situation. right. And that's why week is about uh, I always say this week is about not being able to act on that. And Shirley Murdoch's As We Lay is about acting on that. Mm. Right? Mm. It's morning. Okay. Ron says, put it on paper by Ron Nesby and Al Green is my song. Sending you props. So you is that one of yours too? No, but I did work with Ann Nesby though. On, okay. On another record. So he might be okay. confused of the fact that I've actually worked with Ann Okay. Nesby. I've worked okay. with Ann for sure. Another okay. another amazing voice. And her and her daughter, Jamesia. I mean, man, come on, man. Oh, I bet she blows. What? I love her uncle this last three generations. Want... daughter Paris is a, is a beast. Oh, <gasps> come on, man. Ooh, I gotta look them up because I oh, I was on. I loved Ann Nesby on the last season of Queen Sugar, and I wish she would have sang. Yeah. Um, so wait a minute, let's we gotta wrap it up. Ooh, Brian. And again, I want to <laughs> thank you for coming. And please excuse me at times interrupting interrupt no, no, I good. was so excited, like ah, but um, let's wrap it up with who are your top five hip hop artists because oh, you're a wow. hip-hop head too yes, and by the way another shameless plug y'all y'all make sure y'all check out billboard's top 50 greatest rap um groups of all time i've got four blurbs on there yes. but right quick who are your your top My five top hip-hop mm -hmm. uh biggie jay-z nas uh dr dre and for my fifth one i gotta go with one of the old school cats that really uh krs1 man I got, yeah. So that's yeah, those that's my top five right there, real quick. Ooh, Absolutely. Ooh, well, you might have to log out and log back in. My boo is saying no sound. Um, I hope everybody else can hear us. So I thank everyone for watching. Uh, thanks for joining me, Brian. Um, yeah, man. Right quick, who are a couple of your good groups though? Because y'all gonna be really pleasantly surprised at who we're saying the top, the number one group is. Uh, you mean what kind of groups? Hip hop, R and B. No, I'm saying top hip hop uh, groups is what I'm saying. You gave me like oh, artists, oh, oh, groups. who are some groups that are your favorite? Oh, 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 uh, Fuji's. Ooh, because we wouldn't have Lauren Hill without it. Okay. Uh, I definitely like Diggable Planets for being different. And oh. De La Soul, De La Soul, yes. and Tribe Called Quest. Oh my God! By the way, those two Tribe Called Quest and De La Soul are in the top ten. Come on, man. Issues. Yeah, I gotta go there. Those are my. And I, hey, I okay. Those okay. are my. There we go. Yeah. Okay. And my last question, we are gonna close it out. Anyone you would like to work with? Who's on your bucket list to work with? Oh, I got a joint coming with Big Sean with me and Hip Boy, so I'm excited about that. Uh, yeah, shout out to D-Town, Detroit. Big, what up, though? D-Town joint. Yeah. Uh, and see, and I was very happy to work with Nas on the on the King's Disease 2 album. So let's see. Um, but is there anyone you haven't worked oh, with? Oh, Jay-Z, of course. Jay-Z. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Jay-Z, man. Mm. Okay. Bucket right. list. Jay-Z for yeah, sure. For and sure. Beyonce for that matter, but Jay-Z for sure. Listen, maybe she'll stop by the studio. Come like, on now. You know. I got joints. I, I, I've already kind of like, uh, me and Dream connected and we got, there's some things. I, me and Dream have exchanged. Okay. Y'all got them in the archive. Listen, okay. it just happened earlier this year. Me and Dream got together. 
with uh Jay-Z's producer um that you guys know from common, you know, but look, a whole lot of stuff could happen. I don't mm -hmm. want to claim too mm -hmm. much. Okay, okay. We're gonna put okay, that's all right. We're gonna put good vibes out there. So I want to thank you again, Brian. Where can people follow you to figure out what you're doing? Because you're not on Facebook, you just nope. on Instagram and Twitter. So and Twitter. So how yeah. can they, where, what's the handles? My Instagram joint is B underscore A underscore Morgan. And my Twitter is real Brian Alexander Morgan. Right. And he's definitely real, y'all. If y'all see some of his posts on Instagram, we couldn't get into it tonight, but Woo! follow him and see. He be coming, he be coming with the shits. Brian is with the shits on, on Instagram, okay? I, be ah! like, I was like, he went there, he went there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah. I really appreciate you again, Brian. Please, let's keep in touch. Let's not let this be goodbye, but it's see oh, you no. later. For sure. You know, For you're sure. always welcome back to my platform. Thank and, you so much. Um, I really appreciate you and hope you can make a Detroit sometime soon. I'm trying to do it. Listen. <laughs> you need to come through. Listen, come through. We 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 are doing so many big things. Um, but you're my, man Butch, my man Butch from the, from Detroit, he got a bar. I think he got a bar there. So shout out to Butch. Okay, shout out to Butch. Okay. So okay, so we'll definitely be in touch, and I cannot wait to hear that. It's about timeless. And just y'all make sure y'all follow Brian. And thank, thank you, you again. Thank you to everyone for watching Rock is Reality for Black Music Month. Take care and see you next time. Take care, Brian.